We got our man Mike Sando from The Athletic here, who he has picked to win the NFL Coach of the Year at the halfway point over Dan Campbell. We'll find out. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Tuesday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every day, a Tuesday, November 7th into Wednesday, November 8th. For all of you driving into work and listening and making us your first listen on a Wednesday morning, we appreciate your time and thanks for joining us. Lions, get ready for the Chargers on Sunday in Los Angeles. Mike Sando from TheAthletic.com is our guest today, going to join us momentarily. we got to tell you the Locked On Lions today, brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in free bets or bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, $150 for free. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Lions coming off a bye at six and two, starting to get healthy. Good news, Jonah Jackson saying today he's going to be ready to go this week. We told you yesterday about David Montgomery and, of course, Frank Ragnow coming back. Mike is uh, with us here. We always read him at theathletic.com. Mr. Sando, good to see you, my friend. It's good to be here. How are you? Hanging in, man. We're uh, we're doing all right. Everybody excited, certainly, about this start at 6-2. and two. Um, You know, Lions off a of bye, getting the Chargers this week. I want to ask you about L.A., but how do you view yeah. kind of where Detroit sits right now in the pecking order in the NFC? You know, pretty good. I, I think it on a week-to-week basis, you know, it does change. The 49ers are in a funk right now. For a long time, they look like the best team. The lines have been pretty consistent. You have to put them, you know, probably just a notch below the Philadelphia who's been to a Super Bowl. We'll see where San Francisco's at. I think Dallas is kind of up and down. They sort of, you know, read their press clippings a little bit when it's going well. So, So we'll see if they can show some consistency. I think Detroit's you know, just probably a notch below the very top, but but right up there in the mix, and we'll see how it goes with Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, some of these games coming up. Maybe they'll stretch it out. It's interesting because going back to last Monday night when they beat the Raiders, obviously Las Vegas was going through Armageddon during that game, and the Lions actually can play better. You know, you're sitting at 6-2, and two, but, you know, Dan Campbell talked about red zone problems, the golf pick six. Six and two, and, and knowing that maybe they can raise the uh, the ceiling a little bit is probably a good thing, right? Oh yeah, I think it is. You know, I th- I think it. There's really not much to complain about about the first part of the season. You know, I think, uh, you know, other than you know probably the two better teams they played uh, since the upset of Kansas City in the first game were Seattle and Baltimore and didn't win. So I think you want to see. You know, is that a signature win over Kansas City? This this. Uh, far away from it, given where sort of we now know the Chiefs were on offense, obviously the Kelsey situation. I think you, you're looking for those, right? We've already established the Lions as a good team. So you want to see in some of these bigger matchups, uh, you know, knock off some of these teams. Now, that being said, Baltimore just took Seattle to the woodshed too. So maybe they're maybe they're way better than we thought, and we should discount uh, a big loss to them. I was going to ask you, um, after what the Ravens have done at home to the Lions and Seahawks, what does that say about those two teams, or is it just that the Ravens might be the class of the AFC? Yeah, I think the Ravens must be pretty good. You know, I know they've been great on defense the whole year. The offense has been 
a little up and down, a little spread, it kind of finding its way, but certainly good enough. And, you know, I think Detroit and Seattle are two kind of upstart teams that thought they were going to do a lot better in that matchup. So it is a little humbling when you just get, you know, you, you get boat raced in the game. It's, it's, uh, you know, a little bit, okay. You shrug it off and get back to the drawing board a little bit, but it does stick in the back of your mind. Uh, you, you know, at, Maybe it is Baltimore, but those were two resounding wins that were much more lopsided than I think either team ever would have hoped. You, you're you're looking at a matchup like that to just match up physically, to really you know you know Baltimore's program is well established. Uh, the defense has been really good the last year or so, uh, and so hey, it's going to be a AFC North sort of bruising type of battle, and you'd like to hold up in that. And so I think it's a little bit telling that at least these two teams that are good, uh, but still finding their way and establishing their identity more fully, just didn't even match up at all. Mike Sando with us from TheAthletic.com. One of the reasons why I subscribe is to read uh, his stuff uh, each and every week at The Athletic. His pick six column from yesterday I want to get to in a second. Um, what do you like most about what you've seen from Detroit through eight games? Well, I think that there's a confidence for the most part with the team and what they're doing so that even when they do stub their toe and have a, a loss, there's not a feeling of like, okay, is it precarious? Right. I think they've established themselves enough uh, and how they want to play the people they've got uh, on the staff. I think that's one thing Dan Campbell's done a good job of is just kind of over the last couple of years, reconfiguring that knowing when to make changes, knowing when to stay the course. I just feel pretty good about their overall uh, operation. I think it's been an affirming year that way. There wasn't a big step back with the expectations, that sort of thing. So uh, I would say, you know, that's probably number one. And then more specifically would be, uh, you know, the offense has just looked really, really good a lot of the year, really very productive. And you now feel, I was going back and reading some stuff from last year, uh, er, early in the year, maybe October of last year, it was kind of assumed then that, uh, you know, Jared Goff wouldn't necessarily be the long-term quarterback. Remember, the team started slowly. I think we have a pretty good feeling now, and that's been affirmed this year. I think that's really important. You're famous for your quarterback tiers piece right before the season. Anything changed with Goff? And what's yeah. interesting, it's tough. It's tough to gauge all the. I mean, this past weekend you had Brett Rippon starting and, and Jaron Hall, and obviously Dobbs took over. I mean, right now it's quarterback play in this league is a mess, but. How, where do you where do you have golf right now if you had to redo it? Yeah, uh, well, I so golf has kind of come in the last few years, sort of you know probably upper tier three, meaning hey we can win with them. Not really a hundred percent sure if you're going to win it all with him. Maybe need you know some run game and defense to help him out. I think that's probably a little bit of underrating him. Uh, you know, at the end of going into this season, Kirk Cousins kind of elevated in the bottom of tier two. I'd say that's probably where golf uh, is going to wind up after this season. I think he's probably gets a little bit of a bad rap for his career or just hasn't gotten the full credit because it's been a career of extremes. I think when you come out and have it go as bad as it did under Jeff Fisher, you spend a lot of time trying to sort of living that down. Right. And then when it turns around, they give the credit to the coach. So I thought Alex Smith had some great comments on the pregame, you know, going into the Monday night game about that. He certainly lived a little bit of that too. Yeah. And so I think that has probably made Goff be viewed a little more glass half empty than half full 
and maybe you know maybe that can be changed a little bit so he gets a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. He's got a really good offensive line. I I think Hank Fraley should get a lot of credit because they've had a lot of injuries up front. Yet golf has stayed upright, and when you throw that running game in, and we. We had to watch it last night on Monday Night Football with just such a struggling Jets offense and a Charger offense that didn't do that much. Um, you got to you got to like the Lions' chances yeah. in some of these games that might turn into shootouts because they can hang with just about anybody. Really excited to see them against the Chargers. You know, the Chargers have kind of been all over the place a little bit. Uh, their defense has been bad. Of course, you play the Jets; it looks good. De- defense has not been good. The offense has been really good at times, down other times, really not good the other night. So I think this is a Another sort of a measuring stick game in its own way. You know, you're on the road against a team that had high aspirations this year. It really hasn't gone their way. This is one, if you're Detroit, you'd like to feel like you're going to go in there and you're the more consistent team and get the job done. More with Mike Sando coming up next. I do want to ask him about it in his uh, pick six column, his uh, kind of midway point, halfway point uh, awards, which included uh, some lion mentions. We will uh, do that. Uh, coming up next, we got to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks and how much we love Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy that is so much different and so much more fun because you pick two to six players, you pick their projections, all right, and you can win up to twenty-five times your money. Why not do that this weekend? For example, take Christian McCaffrey more than seventy-five rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes, take him more than two passing touchdowns. Go through any of the players and any of the teams that you want. And do that at Prize Picks. It's simple. You pick more than or less than, like I said, on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. Football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half. That player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. How much fun is that? Got to do it. Prize Picks is the best. Players and stats that you're selecting, highlight your winnings. It's so much fun to tell your friends about at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com right now, slash locked on NFL. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy at Prize Picks. Back with Mike Sando from theathletic.com. Always read his stuff each and every week in The Athletic. I mentioned it before, Mike. I like your pick six column uh, yesterday that came out. You kind of you, you gave Dan Campbell some love, but you, if you had to make a choice for Coach of the Year right now, you went with Mike McDaniel. Tell me, uh, tell me why. Yeah, I did. I mean, I think uh, in general, a lot of the successful coaches have been uh, have not been primary play callers. I think that's often a, a good way to go if you look at John Harbaugh, who we're just talking about, or Pete Carroll, or Mike Tomlin, or Bill Belichick. A lot of these guys really excel by being kind of the CEO of the whole thing and not having to be bogged down in the play sheet during the game. And I think that served Dan Campbell well and his leadership of their program. I I mentioned Harbaugh, who is also uh, one of my sort of honorable mentions in this. But I think you do have to tip your cap to that rare head coach who really incredibly affects the play of one unit with his calling and designing. And I think the job that that Mike McDaniel has done first in coaching the whole team has been pretty good. I like the fact that he was open to bringing in a much more experienced defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. Sometimes the younger coaches may feel threatened by a guy who was calling plays before they were born. I like that. (laughs) I like the way he deals with the team. 
I, I like, you know, the, the way he doesn't make it about himself. I think that's a, a big part of leading people. But then when, I think when you have a team like the Dolphins, that does not have a good offensive line piece for piece. Uh, I think Tua Tungabaloa is a, a good but limited quarterback. When, they, when he's not on time, it really looks way worse. Yes, they have speed and offense, but the way that McDaniel has, you know, introduced kind of some new concepts around motion, freeing up his guys to get open, setting records, uh, you know, NFL records through five, six, seven weeks of a season for yards and, and by other metrics. To me, when you break the greatest show on turf records of the Rams, there's no comparison between the rosters. Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk, Orlando Pace. There's like six, seven Hall of Famers yeah. there. And so when you're doing that with a quarterback who was almost on his way out of the league uh, not long ago, I do tip cap to that. So, you know, we'll see if they can do it over the course of the season. But I, I think that was enough for me. I tried not to like overreact to the fact that they lost the game, you know, uh, this last week. Yeah. But that was kind of my justification. But with Dan Campbell, um, year three, obviously, you know, getting his flowers too. And I love that you mentioned yeah. him and just the fact that you're, you're right. The program is in such good shape. And yeah, maybe the schedule hasn't been the best. And I know people say, well, you know, the Lions lost, like you said earlier, two pretty good teams. But uh, Campbell kind of keeps the ship right, no matter what people are saying and, and with all the injuries yeah. that they've had and sitting uh, sitting in pretty good shape in the NFC North. What Do you see the maturity with him and two in terms of his um, abilities, I guess, on decision-making? Is it better this year than last year? Uh, you, you're talking about like decision-making during the games? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't, I can't think of anything this year off the top of my head that was like a big red flag. So um, help me out on that. What do you think? I mean, you've watched, well, you've watched that aspect of it more. Has there been any sort of a uh, slip up this year? I just, I just think for sure, like last year, they, they constantly going for it. And then the game in Minnesota that probably cost them the, 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 the playoffs. And then this yeah. year, it just, it seems like it's steady. You know, it just seems like, yeah. Hey, if Dan Campbell decides to punt, fans are good with it. If Dan Campbell decides to go, it usually turn, turns out to be okay. It's just interesting from your perspective because you could definitely yeah. make a case that he could be coach of the year based off people will say, well, Mike McDonald's got Tyreek. Who, who do the Lions have? Well, sure. you know, Lions might not have Tyreek Hill, but I'm going to St. Brown's pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Lions have a, you know, better offensive line. Their quarterback's probably at least as good, you know, uh, 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 so yeah, I mean, everyone has, there's reasons for success beyond the coach and all of these things. Right. I mean, uh, so, you know, you can't get too specific and look at Dan Campbell didn't have Ben Johnson and instead had, uh, you know, couldn't find a good coordinator. Maybe we'd be talking about how it's been a frustrating season. Right. I mean, so some of this stuff is, uh, you know, is hard to always put your finger on. You just got to look at the body of work. And I think the important thing for, Detroit was like, I always felt like Campbell's messaging was pretty good. And he seemed to have a, yeah, I was generally impressed with him, but you have to have success at a certain point. Sure. That was kind of where we were at last year when it was one and six. It's like, this stuff all sounds good. Like I believe him. I think he's credible. I think he's authentic, but if we're just going to lose every game, then you had, you eventually you don't have credibility. So I think the fact that it's turned and you've won games now 
now when you make a decision that doesn't go well, it's not like we reassess. This doesn't become a referendum on the whole uh, tenure of him being there, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're behind. We're beyond that. Of course, you're going to have games where you're going to second guess a decision where it backfired, or you would have done something else. But it's not a week to week thing. How good of a job, Mike, is Kevin O'Connell doing in Minnesota? <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Vikings are only a game back of the Lions, and half their roster has been hurt, and they tore apart their defense. I know. We just assume the Lions are going to win this division. I mean, I think they're going to. I don't know that that's going to keep up for them. But two, a couple things with Kevin O'Connell. One, it's always a little bit risky to uh, change defensive coordinator and to go with a new system to Brian Flores this year. You know, your personnel probably wasn't ideally matched. The clock's already kind of ticking. You've been there a year. So that can be a risky thing to do. But it seems like, you know, the defense is definitely – coming around a little bit. So just as we give Dan Campbell some credit for promoting Ben Johnson or sticking with Aaron Glenn or making these types of changes, you have to give O'Connell some staff credit there. And then I would give him some credit for, look, he's got hands on quarterback as a coach. Kirk Cousins was playing some of the best ball of his career in the second year in the system. And then this thing last week in Atlanta, I mean, I don't know how sustainable <laughs> that is, but yeah. I mean, he's in the headset you know, telling the quarterback what the plays are, like not just the calls, but like what the routes are or who's who he should throw to or whatever he was telling him is a kind of almost once in a career type of scenario. That'll go down as one of the most memorable wins in the history of the Vikings. Think of that, a team that's been to Super Bowls throughout the 70s and has a lot of memorable games. I mean, that was pretty awesome. So, yeah, I think he's – He's riding high right now, and then we'll just see, is this going to be sustainable without Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, Dobbs is fun and obviously a great guy, and uh, man, what, what a comeback the other day. But is this sustainable in your mind? I mean, you said it before. Yeah. I think the Lions are still going to win the division, but it's only a game lead. Viking schedule, soft, kind of pillowy like the Lions. Uh, how, do you, how do you look at it? Yeah, I would think that it's going to show itself that, that Josh Dobbs – will show himself to be kind of a high-level backup over the course of the season. I think that kind of happened some in Arizona. I mean, obviously, they were going to have Kyler Murray back. That's part of the reason they made the change. But, you know, there's also a number of plays in most games when he's played that, you know, he does make some mistakes or bad throws that can get you a bench. Now, they're in a little bit of a – they're in a little bit of a desperate situation. So, they may – need him to go the rest of the year and maybe over a short period of time with a little bit of energy and confidence in him from the team now and the caller, you know, maybe he can, maybe we can get the best of Josh Dobbs for the rest of the year and he can springboard it into, uh, you know, maybe some kind of an opportunity uh, in the off season. But I think in general, the more games you play as a backup, the more things kind of regress to you probably being a backup. I was talking to a friend of mine from Pittsburgh that said they can do this Josh Dobbs dance all they want, but the bottom line is he was beaten out here. This was in Pittsburgh years ago by Mitch Trubisky. I said, well, I guess that's true, but guys can can improve. I'm not saying Dobbs oh, yeah. will lead him to the playoffs, but it's kind of weird how this has gone with the quarterbacks all year, right, Mike? Well, I mean, look at, uh, you know, Geno Smith. Everyone was laughing at him, you know, uh, getting being the starter for Seattle, and then they went 9-8 and eight or whatever. And it's not like he's I – mean, he went to a Pro Bowl. So yeah. that would have been a, so I do think, you know, 
I do think when somebody believes in you as a quarterback and has confidence in you, I think it does go a long way. Most of these guys are there because they have some talent. They know how to throw the football. Most of them can throw a good ball. So you, you are dependent, you know, on the situation that you're in, the system, the belief level by whoever's invested in you uh, and those sorts of things. So you can definitely look better in one spot than you do in another. I mean, we look at Jared Goff and he's, he's living proof of that. So Dobbs is not Goff. He was not going to be a top five pick in the draft, but it doesn't mean that he can't be a solid, right? At his best. You know, so I, I, I'm anxious to just see how it goes. I wouldn't write him off, but you just sort of know that in general um, it's, he's got to prove it more than you're going to believe it till you see it. No question about it. All right. Final thing for Mike coming up next. I want to ask him about uh, this Sunday's opponent. Lions will be uh, in LA to take on the Chargers. You know, there's going to be a lot of Lion fans uh, in the building. We will do that uh, coming up next. First, though, got to tell you about our friends at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action than right now. We've got NBA, NHL going on, uh, college football, the NFL, get it all at FanDuel. The app is easy to use. they got a wide range of betting uh, options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season properly with FanDuel, FanDuel official partner of the NFL. I'm back with Mike Sando from TheAthletic.com. Please subscribe and uh, check out his work. does a, a fantastic job. Always read his stuff each and every week at TheAthletic.com. I, Mike, uh, four and four Chargers hosting the Lions this weekend. Never easy to go out west. Uh, Nance and Romo game at 4 o'clock on CBS. What would you think of, the, uh, of L.A. last night, and uh, what do you think of this matchup? Well, I mean, it's a pretty low bar to clear when you've got the Jets – basically going backwards on offense the whole time. So <laughs> when I look at the Chargers, they've played three really good defensive games this year. Here were the opponents, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Bears. So all, all of those teams might have been playing with somebody other than the quarterback that was intended to be the start of that year. Yeah, I think off the top of my head on the Raider game. Yeah, it was, it was Aiden O'Connell in the Raider game. So they basically had three backup quarterbacks that they had good games against. So the other teams that they weren't as good uh, on defense against were Miami, Kansas City, Minnesota, Dallas, and Tennessee. So you would think the Lions would fit into that second group, right? More than they would be in the backup quarterback group. So I think it's going to be a game where uh, the Lions do pretty well on offense. And it's going to come down to, can they stop, you know, Justin Herbert and that, that offense of the Chargers. So it could be a competitive game. You know, I think if you look at the start of the year, the Chargers had a shootout with Miami. They're certainly capable. Uh, but it would probably it's this is probably one if you're Detroit, you're you'd be disappointed if you don't get it. Interesting. I was watching last night and obviously kind of just scouting. Herbert's awesome, but other than Eckler and Allen, that offense is terrible. Like his, the other receivers can't catch, nor can they get free and it's like and they don't tie it ends either it was amazing to me so what a credit to that kid and uh you got to figure if the lions can kind of bottle up eckler and allen i think they'll be in good shape don't you think yeah 
Yeah, I, I do. I think they I think they should win the game. Uh, but you got to still play them. No, <laughs> no question about it. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. That'll be a handful. That'll be something to watch. Line tackles, obviously, are very good with Decker and with Sewell. But how good are those two guys when you talk about bookends in this league? Yeah, well, I think Bosa's excellent. I think he's a real game plan consideration who could ruin the game for you. I don't think Khalil Mack is anymore at this stage of his career. I think he had a six-sack game against Aiden O'Connell, who we mentioned. But I don't think that he is, uh, you know, a dominant force play-to-play like he used to be right now. But Bosa, you saw, I mean, he he got the sack and took the ball. You saw that play uh, in the Monday night game. He, he hit it out, and he's the guy to land on it. I think he's... You know, somebody from a scheme standpoint, you got to be aware of and potentially have help in certain situations. And I don't think he, I don't think Aaron Glenn needs me to say that. That's that's pretty apparent. <laughs> By the way, Jets Raiders Sunday night. I cannot believe they didn't flex. I can't watch the Jets anymore, Mike. I can't. They're on. It's like Jets and Giants are force fed to us, and I get it. It's New York. My goodness, Jets in prime time again next week. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> it's a little bit of a curiosity with uh it's a little bit of the Raiders were like a little bit of a curiosity you know they were smoking cigarettes after that big win over the yeah. Tommy DeVito Giants uh you know oh my it kind of reminded me of the Colts winning in Jeff Saturday's first game uh a little bit uh although I think the emotions are more uh you know authentic for the excitement in that locker room for the Raiders with the coaching change but uh you know we'll, we'll see I agree it's not not an ideal matchup, but there's a little bit of a curiosity factor, at least with Antonio Pierce coaching and uh, the Raiders. Mike, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Mike Sando with us from theathletic.com. This is a Tuesday edition of a Locked Online.